This is uh, Sean Williams with The Outsiders uh, coming back after a little hiatus and filling in for Chip tonight um, is Tanner Elliott, who we had on with our last episode. Uh, Chip and I might do a, a second episode this week just, um, you know, just to cover the break, but figured we'd get something out there with Tanner. Uh, Tanner, what's going on? What's going on, man? I didn't know I'd be in back-to-back episodes. So, I mean, good for me, man. It's a, it's a, it's always a great time on it's the outsiders. It is a big honor. I didn't, I yeah, didn't realize, I didn't realize that. It's a big deal. You're our, you're our first and second official guest. <laughs> it's an honor. It's an honor to be both the first and second official guest. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited uh, to have you and, uh, you know, it's a slow time for the Dolphins. Everyone's kind of, you know, the journalists are on vacation, and we're we're in. Uh, I don't know. Are we in mandatory OTAs? Are we in voluntary oh, no. OTAs? Uh, All I know is we're in OTAs. Let me look. If, double check for you, because I know they just started again today. I feel like I don't know. It's got to be voluntary, right? I don't know. I don't know. With COVID, things are so kind of screwy in terms of the rules mm-hmm. and like people getting fined or not fined. And oh, there is the no, I don't think there is any. A, I don't think there is any mandatory OTAs this year, is what I'm seeing. Gotcha. Yeah. That that definitely makes sense. So everything's voluntary, I guess, until, until a training, training camp, camp at the end of July. But you know, I know the Dolphins don't release uh, an attendance list to, to anybody, but saw a few clips today. Saw some media availability with uh, Devontae Parker, Eric Rowe. Um, you know, it's always exciting. You know, getting, you know, we're like a little further than halfway through the offseason and, you know, just getting to see some of the veterans talk and it's just it's kind of nice because you know the nfl's offseason is by far the longest way too i mean i guess it's necessary but i always hate it because it just it's literally like nine months until yeah. you know week one it's actually like over nine months it's wild but, this off this off yeah, season's so been, been pretty exciting though any... oh yeah no it's it's been huge for us it's just like you know, you can only talk about it and hype yourself up so much before you you want to see the product. <laughs> but um, you got you got any thoughts with OTAs? Anything you've seen? You know, uh, OTAs, mini camp, anything like that? Um, I do know that Noah Igbenogany is rocking those fantastic sunglasses. I do know that. I've been seeing that a lot, and I really enjoy them. I really enjoy those sunglasses. I think that just based on his, <laughs> you know, presence and presence alone is uh. Is going to make them make a jump from year one to year two, but it's going to be hard in that room. This, I mean, I think I think Jason Sarnier said that about fifty percent of our cap space is tied up in the in the DB room, which is uh horrifying, <laughs> horrifying when you think about it when you break it down like that. Um, see, I have a different I have a different thought about that. I kind of look at the secondary as you know a top three most important position group in the NFL, especially with how, you know, pass heavy it is. If I was going to invest in, I mean, look at the Packers every year. It seems like they just take a cornerback in round one. Um, and they still suck. Even, they still even, suck on defense. Yeah. Besides uh, Jair <laughs> Alexander, but it, yeah, it, it's same with the Patriots. The Patriots, you know, it's cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. So um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Especially too. We have two seasoned vets you know, Pro Bowl and all pro level vets at corner. Then we got some young guys developing, like you said, Noah Iggy. Um, I haven't seen the picture with the sunglasses, but really? I know he's been working out hard oh. this offseason. Um yeah, I've been I've been busy with work. I'm I'm a grinder. I always got always got something going on, always a reason to keep my head down and I just kind of see what I see when I see it. But yeah, I know he's been working hard this offseason. I'm expecting a nice little jump from him. I don't know how much he'll play, but 
you know, injuries are a thing and you usually need to have what, like six, seven corners to get through a season. So I'm sure we'll see something out of them. Um, same with Needham. I'm hoping Needham is kind of transitioning back to the boundary though this year. I think he's a more natural fit there. Um, you know, we have Coleman. Uh, Coleman's a great slot. A, a pretty decent slot corner. We got, yeah. Yeah, he was. He did a real great job in Seattle when he was there. Um, Even in Detroit, I don't know too much was... about Detroit last year. Well, who was really was good on Detroit good? last year? It's, it's he, hard. He was, to, it's he was hard, good well, enough. I was gonna say, it's, hard, <laughs> it's hard to gauge. He was good enough. Yeah, with a team like that, it's kind of hard to gauge who's who's good and who's not. But yeah, we got Coleman. We got Hollins, who can play man um, inside. Still got the tight end eraser with Eric Rowe. So yeah, no, I. I think we've invested exactly how we should have in that group. Um, I'm excited how we've invested with the wide receiver room. Um, I think someone, one of my friends made a comment the other day. Uh, I I posted this, this uh, I guess, Photoshop image that I saw on Twitter that had our entire wide receiver room on it. And they, could, <laughs> they made the comment that, half of them won't even be there and I was like yeah that's a good thing that's a good thing that we have that many guys who will all be on NFL rosters regardless and you know they don't make it oh well I I hope every position group gets to be you know that deep at some point um we got Tua a lot of a lot of big compliments about Tua from inside the organization I mean it's not like they're gonna especially Parker talk shit today. about him but um <laughs> Yeah, no, I heard what he said. He he looks mechanically different. And, you know, he's been working out with them all offseason. Him and Hearns and Wilson and uh, everyone's favorite little little guy, uh, Jakeem Grant. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Tua. Um, hopefully we get a little bit more coverage and, you know, eyes on when it comes to training camp so we can really see what he's doing. Um I'm even excited kind of to see Jacoby Brissett. Like, he's he's a good veteran. Um, oh, he is, it, he is. You know, I'll be excited to watch him in preseason and training camp and stuff. Uh, I mean, I hope I, I don't see him in the regular season, but, <laughs> yeah. Exciting, exciting things going on with Miami. Um, to bounce off what you said about I, Eric I Rowe. Eric. Yeah, I'm get, yeah, I was about to say, Eric Rowe is uh, his presser. Someone asked him about, you know – what Darren Wall and Travis Kelsey did to him last year. And um, we faced Vegas week, week three. And Rose said that he, like, ever since we, we beat, we beat the Raiders last year, he obviously said that, you know, we won the game, but of course he didn't do his part in it because Darren Wall was just destroying him. And that, I mean, Waller had some good catches too. And of course he lost him a couple of times, but Rose said he's had that game circled ever since which stood out to me that shows that he is he's preparing himself for another another battle with Darren Waller and hopefully things goes things goes our way this time in that battle and compared to you know Darren Waller going what like 10 yards a catch something crazy like that but he absolutely destroyed Rowan. I think it was just interesting to see that he's been you know just prepping for it ever since essentially since we since we beat him we what 16 last season yeah 16 um, yeah, no, I, you know, I like that mentality, but at the same time, I don't know that the Raiders are kind of on our level. I mean, you got to prepare and be ready for each week in the NFL, but I hope instead he has the two week circle that we play Buffalo because, uh, he was active in the game where we were embarrassed, uh, with our shot to go to the playoffs. So, um, I could, I could care less about him trying to get, you know, redemption with, Waller, I want the team to be focused on getting redemption with Buffalo. Oh but no, exactly. I'm sure that I'm sure I'm sure that's you know a point of emphasis. Um, you brought up Travis Kelsey. Uh, I saw was it yesterday that Travis Kelsey named Mike Gesicki as one of his top five tight ends in the league, that's, not including himself. I thought that's that actually was, uh, um, that was pretty cool. That's actually been around for like a week and a half ago. I'm surprised that I actually sent it to Hassam on Instagram about a week and a half ago, and people started posting it like crazy and I'm just thinking to myself I saw this a week and a half ago on Bleacher Reports Instagram and I'm, I know they posted the video as well because I saw it but now all of a sudden a week and a half later people are just now seeing it I guess and really like that Gasecki was the Gasecki was because Omar Kelly just yeah. put up 
Omar put out the article about yeah, it. Omar and I was just like, put the article out. Yeah. I thought about doing an article on it. And I was like, hell man. I mean, I should have done that. I would have, I would have got all the praise for it just for noticing it. It just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I did watch it and Gaseki was yeah. the last name. He, he actually did have to think a little bit about Gaseki. He, they asked him, he said, he named the he named the top four, which I, I forgot the video at the top of my head. He named the top four pretty quickly. And then once it got to the fifth one, he had to he had to stop and think for a little bit, but he did name Gaseki it. Um so I mean it was nice to see, of course. I mean, of course he, you know, is he probably the sixth one on his list? Yeah, probably not including himself. But it's just nice to see, you know, Dolphins getting recognition within the league. Yeah, I mean I'm one of those people who just I get I just don't understand the Gasicki slander. Um, no, I, I, hate, I don't either. And I hate and, and and they say it. They say the same thing about Parker. Like they have for some reason they have to compare how those two perform with Tua versus with Fitz. <laughs> and it's just like you can't you can't do that. Like there's no logic behind making that comparison. But I mean, even Gasicki, you know, he had big games like against Kansas City uh, when Tua was in the game. And even Cincy. I think he's big time. I really think Mike Gesicki is. is a big-time player. I mean, does he put us at a, a disadvantage with his inability to block? Yeah. Um, it kind of limits what we, what kind of plays we can run when he's on the field, and, you know, that might give defenses the ability to key in on what we're doing, um, at least in the past. I don't know if that's going to be uh, an option now that we have, you know, so many different dynamic weapons that they're going to have to worry about. But um, – I really, truly hope that we do whatever it takes to keep Gasicki, even if it's franchising him, which um, is probably the likeliest option. But, man, I, it would be tough to watch someone of his caliber walk out the door. Same with, like, you know, Jerome Baker. But, no, I thought it was cool to see that, that peer respect from, exactly. from obviously, arguably the, the, the best in the league at, at that position. Um Although it, it kind of like worries me, like does it does it nullify Gasicki a little bit that he had Ertz in the top five? Like that kind of that's kind of suspect to have Ertz in the top five at this point in, I, in his yeah. career. I do remember him naming Ertz, and I was like, kinda really validates it. Yeah, <laughs> I had a Gasicki. Yeah, he named he he named uh, who do it was is Waller, um, uh, Kittle. Yeah, Ertz. Ertz. Gasicki, and we're missing one. Uh, no, let me Google it. Who are we missing? But it is interesting you talk about you know, him, him, you know, the homegrown talent staying in, staying in Miami. That's an issue we've had for a long time in Miami. You know what I mean? Like, Miami just does not sign their own free agents. Oh, he signed, he signed up. He named Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I like Mark Andrews. That's a, that's a good pick. Um, I would say he's definitely in the top five. Um, I would have uh, Goddard actually ahead of Ertz on his own team. Um, <laughs> you know, you got Hawkinson too. You got Tanyan had a big breakout season last year. So, I mean, there's there's some good tight ends in the league. And uh, it's kind of cool to see Gesicki get that respect and validation from arguably the best in the league right now. Yeah. So, but yeah, going, that was cool. Going back to the contract um, thing, it's go it's gonna suck to see him leave if he does leave. I mean, that's that's one thing Miami has not done really my entire life is just keep the the talent they draft. You saw with Jarvis, I hated seeing Jarvis go. That was probably like the biggest. Oh, uh, we all did. That was like probably the biggest, you know, gut punch to me. I mean, same thing. I know Brandon Marshall wasn't drafted here, but just seeing him go after such a short time was that was just a pain painful for Shaw Jones. I understand. I think when Brian Flores came in and started cutting all those vets that we liked, like for Shaw Jones and Cameron Wake and everything like that. I mean, you have to respect it, but now it makes you wonder if he's going to keep the homegrown talent that he's actually brought in. I know Flores didn't bring in, you know, Mike Kosicki, but Chris Greer did. He was a part of the team that drafted him. So it's going to be interesting to see if Flores wants to keep him or not. I mean, obviously he kept him when he came in as coach, but I think Kosicki was is there a first or second year player? Yeah, it was a second. It was after a second year, so of course he's going to keep be as a rookie contract. But it'll be interesting to see if he keeps guys like Baker, Gasecki, who are you know obviously he didn't keep Godshaw, but I mean who? Why would we when we have uh, Roquan McMillan and you know other guys stepping up? 
Raekwon Davis, you mean? Yeah, Ro- yeah. I'm McMillan's sorry. on the Patriots. I know, yeah. I know. That was oh, that, that hurt. That hurt. This that hurt too. That that's we basically got McKinney. McKinney is McMillan at linebacker. So <laughs> we just basically just swapped. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of bummed when we got rid of McMillan. I mean, I guess he didn't fit the system. It is what it is. And you, but, but you saw it yeah, this year when on, the run defense on, was bad. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, I guess you know, I I want to say you know I'm not worried about Miami retaining the people they need to retain, but I, I Brian Flores is very weird in the way that he it, it, it seems like unless you fit what he wants to a, a very specific, you know, T it, it, it makes you expendable. Um, but at the same time, they're so quick to extend, you know, the, the depth guys, like, uh, they did it with, um, you know, Zach Sealer during the season last year. Um, and they've done that a couple of times with a couple of guys, but I think when it comes to, you know, yeah, Shaheen, same thing, Jesse Davis, um, but when it comes to like the 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 bigger names, it's like I guess I guess I understand why they wait because with big name comes big money. But in Gasicki's case, I'm sure they want to see how him and Tua can grow together um, and what that offense looks like with Fuller, with Waddle, with Gasicki, Parker, Preston, blah 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 blah. Um, but it. At the same time, it's just like I don't know. Like I, I still I trust everything they do. They they haven't given me a reason not to trust it, and I'm scared this upcoming season that there'll be a couple guys that you know are fan favorites, guys that we love that you know in Flores's eye, just like don't fit the system enough to you know compensate for the contract they'll be asking. And I have a bad feeling, you know, that's that's going to come up in the next year, maybe two years, especially because, you know, we're still we still got guys from the other regime on the roster who, like you said, aren't Brian Flores handpicked. Um, the Greer handpicked. I don't even that's was Christian thing. Wilkins was Wilkins was Wilkins Flores. I think it was Flores' first draft, right? Um, Christian Wilkins. Hmm. That was twenty nineteen. Am I wrong? That was nineteen. Yeah, so that was Flores. No, I think Flores last last I think last year was leading his first up to Flores's. I think last no, it was it was it was his first. No, draft. he was hired. Yeah, he You're right. He My just has, he just hadn't coached yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was the coach, but um, yeah, like we got Wilkins coming up on contract the year after. Um, we have a fifth year on him. There's though, a lot of sure those young up. talents that. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Um. Yeah, I, I could really see it play out where we franchise Gesicki because I think that's that's a cheaper option anyway to just buy us that extra year to see what's what. Um, well, Hunter Long develops, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I think it would be a mistake to let Jerome Baker get out the door. Um, I I haven't been a fan of his his entire career. Don't get me wrong, um, but He's there's so something about him right right now that I feel like he's about to have a very impactful season. Um, even could be so impactful that it could be, you know, borderline Pro Bowl consideration. I know we we, we typically have guys that are borderline Pro Bowl consideration <laughs> that get left out, and it may be one of those situations. But um, I there seems to be an argument about what the best way to use him is. I think – the best way to use him is, you know, attacking the quarterback. Um, he succeeded very, very dominantly when he was put in those blitz situations last year. Um, and I'd love to see more of that. But then there's some people who would rather see him in coverage because he okay. has the speed. I would love to see the coverage. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure there's a way, you know, in the hybrid defense to make it all work. But I definitely want to see what he can build on in year two as a, as a rusher. Maybe he fills, you know, that Kyle Van Noy role. And uh, I'm sure that's kind of what their plan is for him. Um, but now that there's some extra pass rushers with talent, like Jalen Phillips, we got Beagle back, um, Van Ginkle coming off a, a huge breakout year. Um, I'd love to see 
you know, if Baker could be a leader of that group. And um, now that there's some more talent around him, uh, what what he could do even more. Like, I think he was, what, seven and a half sacks last year? Uh, yeah, I he mean, had seven and a half you sacks. You put Phillips on the roster. And, yeah, we have a d- deeper pass rushing group this year. So who's to say seven and a half can't turn to, you know, nine, ten? That, and that's big for, for you know, a linebacker. So going back to, to a couple things, you talked about Phillips and you talked about the Kyle Van Noy role being left out. I think Van Ginkle fills it. I think potentially Philip fills it as Phillips fills it as well, just due to his ability. I, they are playing him in stand-up, which is interesting to me because he did he played a lot of, you know, down in the dirt in Miami. And, you know, he's about two years removed from playing stand-up at UCLA due to, you know, the contrition history and everything like that. Um, I think Jerome Baker could be a lesser version of Bobby Wagner or like a Patrick. I wouldn't want, because he's not, he's not built. Like he's not built like them. That's the thing. Slow down. No, buddy. no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me explain. Bobby Wagner's a goat. He, let me explain. It's hard to find a good comparison for him just because he's not built like them. Like you look at yeah, Bobby. I don't have one. Exactly. You have Bobby Wagner and Patrick Willis and Devaro Bowman. They're all built, man. They're all huge. Jerome Baker is, is he's not the biggest, but I feel like he he can exceed in coverage. He can exceed he can he can exceed in anything you put him in, and I think that's why Miami signs him. Like you were saying, I think he does rush the passer more, but I think that they need to use him in coverage more. I think he's used more in a quarterback spy, and I think that's just misusing him. If that makes sense, there was a couple there was times last year where they just tell him to spy on the quarterback, which is of course needed. I know in the Chiefs game, I think. I don't think he dropped back in coverage at all in the Chiefs game. I think he was mostly a spy. And like you said, of course, he blitzed because he got that 30-yard sack early in the game. But when you have a guy like that that can, you know, take a running back out of the pass game, that's something that kills us every year as well. If I mean, of course, you know, tight ends kill us every year except this past year. But running backs out of the backfield kill us. And I think Baker has the ability to stop that. Um, there's not too many other guys I think on the roster that can stop that unless you bring a safety down like Brandon Jones or Javon Holland or Eric Rowe, but who's going to cover the tight end? But I think, I think if Baker's used properly, like uh, I think Pro Bowl is, of course, in 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 the conversation. I think All Pro, second team All Pro is in the conversation as well. I mean, he had I think he had over 100 tackles last year, like you said, seven and a half sacks. I'm not sure about his stats pass game, but I think he had a, had an interception or two. But you saw it when. I think he had to pick six Brian Flores' first year against the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. It was either this year or the I think it was two years ago, his first year coaching. He had to pick six against the Jets. I do remember that, or almost pick six. He got to like the one or something, to like 20 yards. But I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, the more I think about it, you know who, you know, Baker could really fill the mold of. And I, I'm not – I'm not saying he's he's the same guy, and I'm not saying he's on that level, but he kind of, you know, his strengths kind of remind me a little bit of like Levante David. Um, exactly, he's got a long he can do everything way to go to get to the level of Levante David. But um, yeah, he he kind of has a lot of similarities in skill set. But you know, you, you talked about bringing safeties down. I would like to see a healthy amount of all three safeties on the field at the same time this year. I'd like to see what it looks like with Roe, Jones, and um, and Holland's Holland all on the same, all on the field at the same time. I think that could be kind of dynamic, especially because um, at least two of them are pretty versatile in what they can do. Um, you know, Holland has is known as a hitter. Um, obviously, he can play man. He can play a deep, you know, deep zone. Roe can play man he can erase the tight end and you know um i'm i'm also looking forward to seeing what brandon jones becomes like what he was great what last year he? he was good um, last year you know he i wouldn't say i wouldn't say i mean i wouldn't say, there was only a few players on the Exceed, roster exceeded, great last year exceeded um, I think he, he exceeded what what fans expectations were of him you know being where he was drafted um he i i remember he started week one um, mm-hmm. technically, like he was on the field uh, for, for the first defensive snap in week one. So, yeah, I, I, wa- I just kind of want to see who he is and, you know, what 
his role is and what he kind of morphs into and, and takes hold on to. So yeah, he's, there's a lot of guys this year. I'm really excited to see what their development looks like and, and how, um, how they're used. There's, there's just so much versatility. And now it's just like, the team is so deep. It's like, where do you fit everybody? Like, I mean, we, we signed a uh, Duke Riley and uh, Brennan uh, Scarlett, I think his name is um, mm-hmm. at linebacker too. And then, you know, you bring Beagle, Beagle back, you bring uh, Roberts back. It's like Sam, Sam Egver. It's cool. It's, I, I don't know his last name, but we, from the CFL. Egwoven. Egwoven. Correct. Yeah. Egwoven. He's not bad. Like yeah. But I, he doesn't get enough opportunities. I think he's still adjusting to the NFL from CFL. But I think this year, especially with our depth at linebacker, he he might have an opportunity to, to get some real meaningful snaps compared to the years past. Shit, we I think we still have like Kelvin Munson. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe not. Um, I, name I feel like don't even know. Him, though. You know, Kelvin Munson got defensive snaps uh, due to in, due to injury, but um. Yeah, he was a Patriots like waiver pickup. Um, I don't, I don't, I think it was two years ago um, when the team was just a hot mess. But yeah, real quick going back to like the whole, you know, resigning our own stuff. I could understand letting you know Cam Waco and Rashad Jones go because well, yeah, you're building course. a new, new team and you're building you're building from youth. But yeah, it's it's scary. It's like having PTSD, um, and it never used to really be an issue. I feel like like. I always made fun of the Bills because it seems like even when they drafted, you know, really good players, they they couldn't hold on to them. And now, like, I I want to hold on to our team. Like, I want to see it, you know, built upon. Not, I don't want to just, you know, replace guys because they're they're due like the money that they should get. Right. Um, I think you got to keep those guys and you know build a depth behind them. So we'll see. It, it's it'll be. It'll be interesting. I mean, there will be the salary cap bump, and we do have, you know, a good chunk of change um, available to re-sign these guys next year. Um, and I I, w- I care more about re-signing guys than, you know, playing around in free agency. If oh, we 100%. wasted all our free agent dollars on keeping our own guys, I think I'd be okay with that. You know, granted, they're worth it. But So how, I have a question for you. This is something I've pondered. I've talked to a couple people about it. Um, how do you feel like players like Gasicki and Baker, you know, taking a hometown discount? I'm not talking about a huge one, but like, a, a, um, let's say, let's say we offer Gasicki like, like the value is value is going for in free agency is like five years, 45 million for, for example, or like uh, three years, 45 million. Let's do it with that. So it's $15 million a year. Okay. And let's say we offer him three years, hmm, 36. So $12 million a year. So that's $3 million less a year. That, that may be a little too substantial, but let's just say ponder it. Do you think that he'll take, you know, I'm not saying a substantial amount, like, you know, $9 million less a contract, but to that, it all depends, of course. We, I'm not sure what goes on in the locker room. Do you think players are going to be more willing to take a, a hometown discount from Miami? I can't believe I'm saying that just because when's that ever happened? Just so they can stay with Flores and the culture he brings and the respect he has, not only for, you know, the, the players to him, but him for the players and, everything like that. Um, so, you know, a couple different sides to all that. Of um, I don't expect, I don't expect players going, coming off the rookie deal to do it. Um, Cause that's the deal where you, it's the big money maker for, you know, most football players. And I definitely understand the business side of it. Like you want to maximize, you know, your, your, your earnings, you know, in your career. So I have a hard time believing that anyone coming off the rookie deal is going to do that. Um, nor do I blame them. Obviously as a, as a fan, like the fan side of me, it's like, yeah, like how dare you not resign with us at the price that we ask of you. But I mean, that's, that's kind of, you know, ignorant on my part. So I don't know. I like that. And that's the other, that's the other thing too. Like let's say Baker comes out and, you know, has that, Pro Bowl caliber year this year, or Gasicki, you know, solidifies himself as as a top five tight end this year, top six tight end. Like that's just going to raise their contracts even more, and then you know, the discussion gets even tougher. It's like now, I mean, shit, stupid ass Patriots 
set the market with Henry and Janu um, uh, at way over that. what they should be paid. So it's like, it's like, it's like, what the hell is Kasiki's market going to be? Like, is it going to be like 13, 14? I don't even want to say 15 um, for a tight end. I, granted, he's like really a receiver, but <laughs> I don't know. Like it, you, you want, you want them to, you know, ball out and just do amazing things for us. But then that just makes paying them even tougher. Um, you know, you get, you got other guys, like what if Van Ginkle, like builds on what he did last year at some point he needs a contract uh you know Needham I, I think will be unrestricted next year yeah he um will. potentially like you know what if he takes that development like it's it's tough and that's why you got to draft so so well because you know even if Miami offers you know a guy like a uh you know a, a, a plenty fair contract but someone out there wants to come in and throw the the world's, you know, just throw the Brinks truck at them. Um, you got to be able to, to already have those guys developing to quote unquote replace them. I mean, they did it with Hunter Long, which was smart. And he's, he was arguably the second best tight end, depending on who you talk to in the draft. So that was good. Um, I, I think we got rid of Bobby McCain a season too early. Um, oh, you know, I get the salary cup or salary cap cutting stuff, but you know, if, if we're a team, you know, with our eye on the prize of, you know, going deep into the playoffs, um, it scares me a little to be throwing a rookie in the fire. Like I got it in Flores year one. I got it last year. You know, you're building from the bottom, you're building with, you know, scraps, like, like 20 young 20 year old kids. Like, uh, you're, they, they were signing people off the street. So like I got it then, but now that it's time to to have that playoff run, it's like you, you need your vets too. And I guess that leads us into uh, I know uh, I know you're kind of crossing your fingers for uh, KJ Wright and or Melvin Ingram. So um, I think it's important to have the vets. So I, I guess let's let's hear your opinion and bring in the, the has-beens. So um, I just say I tweeted out today that Miami should get both Melvin Ingram and KJ Wright. I'll go into a deeper description soon, but I, that was my like biggest tweet ever, man. I was telling, I talked to Hassan later uh, earlier today. I was like, I felt, I feel Twitter famous just based off that, man. That's like the biggest tweet I ever had. <laughs> really? But, yeah, man. It's, it's crazy. And you know, um, like you said, we've talked about it too in the chat today. And you said it all depends on the price, and I 100% agree. I'm not going to overpay for for these guys, of course. But, you know, edge depth has always been an issue with us. It may not be an issue this year, and I think currently the, the addition of Jalen Phillips just, you know, makes my makes my need, my want for an edge even less. But a guy like Melvin Ingram, he is not going to ask for a ton of snaps. You saw what he did in San Diego. He keeps, He's a proven pass rusher. He's played with Joey Bosa, so he's not – and really, Melvin Ingram gets 10, eight, eight to 10 sacks a year. And who knew that? <laughs> really? Um, he also gets zero. So really? Hold on, let's let me... slow down. Because he got zero last year. Did he? He got the big, uh, the big zero in seven games played, or nine games played. He got zero sacks last year. Because I know. I think it was seven. Seven games let me played, check. zero sacks for Ingram. No, there's nothing um... double check. I promise no, you. Yeah, you're 100% right. He's getting so seven, seven, ten and a half, eight, ten and a half. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. I'll give you that. Sag. It seems like he did have it off here. He only had 10 total tackles. Hmm. He didn't have two forced fumbles, though. We need that. Never mind. <laughs> so but, um, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of perusing. Um, mm -hmm. Like KJ Wright, it looks like Bill Barnwell from ESPN. Um, predicted KJ Wright gets, you know, like a deal somewhere around one year, two and a half mil. I would do that. Um, and he predicts him to go to the Rams. Yeah, he, and he's predicting him to go to the Rams, and I'm sure that the Seahawks might want him back. If, if we could get him at two and a half mil for a year, um, all in. Uh, um, I would I would release Jakeem Grant in a heartbeat to make that, to take that deal. Um, I'd even I'd even give him a little bit more. However, you know, this is going to be the part of the, the, you know, the part of the offseason you know, where we're getting into now where free agency is over, the draft is over. Um, so there's not many opportunities left for teams um, to fill holes. And now 
just for example, the Rams, the Rams are all in. Um, they got Stafford this year. They're, they're yeah, they looking are. to get back to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Stafford doesn't, I don't know that Stafford has, you know, years upon years left. So yeah, they're, they're completely all in. So, you know, going after KJ Wright, which is definitely a position of need for them, um, you know, makes a lot of sense. And it's like, with these vets every year, you see it, um, they kind of, even though it seems like, you know, maybe no one wants them because it takes forever for them to sign. Um, it really actually ends up being like their choice because, like Sherman. you know, Sherman they're, they're only going to want to, yeah, they're only going to want to play for, you a know, most them. of the time, um, a team that's a true Super Bowl contender, um, a team where they feel they can make an impact. Um, they know that they're not going to get the bag in terms of the money. So they're going to make sure they cross off all their other, their other, you know, um, wants and needs. So, you know, does a guy like KJ Wright look at the Rams and see a better situation in terms of um, getting close to the Super Bowl? Uh, especially, uh, you know, it, it's not like, you know, let's say it boils down to do you want to play in a city like Miami or a city like, uh, like, I don't know, like one of the, you know, Midwest teams or a Northern team, <laughs> like, yeah, we have an edge there, but you don't really have an edge over LA. Um, so that's tough. Um, I don't really know what Melvin Ingram's market is. I know some people are still kind of predicting he ends up going back to the chargers. Although I it's just possible. don't know that that makes a ton of sense exactly. because I don't think they're, they're remotely close uh, to the playoffs yet. And, you know, maybe I put my foot in my mouth there and Justin Herbert really <laughs> does end up being, you know, the next uh, Patrick Mahomes, but um, I don't see him returning there. And I don't, I don't particularly know what his market looks like, but you know, if we, if we could go out and get any of these guys on, you know, a one year, three mil, maybe even four mil, depending on the guy. And we, we have to make the room to do that. And that's when, when you call into question, you know, cutting Jakeem or Wilson or, you know, one of those type of guys, um, I, I would be okay with it because I think a KJ Wright or uh, a Melvin Ingram makes more of an impact than what Jakeem Grant will do in the in the return game, um, or even Albert Wilson as a receiver. Just, just I mean, we have Albert. We have the young version of Albert Wilson now with with Lynn Bowden and even uh, Jalen Waddle. So I don't I don't look at him either of them is like, we have to have him on the roster. But I mean, I would, I would leave Richard Sherman alone. I, he's not really a need or, you know, there's not really a huge spot, but, you know, same, I guess same thing goes for Ingram and for, uh, for KJ, right? Like who's getting less snaps. Well, that's by adding those that's two guys. It's like, so, if, and we have it, guys at both of those positions that need snaps. When it comes down to it, if if you made me choose right now between Ingram and Wright, I'm picking Wright every single time. Um, our depth at linebacker is is so bad; it's just so bad, in my opinion. Like you get past Baker and you get past McKinney, and you just have I'm talking about just true middle linebacker guys. I I've talked to um I've talked to people about this as well, and I'm not talking about edge rushers. So don't count Beagle, don't count Van Ginkle, don't count Phillips, don't count anyone that's that's strictly going to play edge. Once you get past McKinney and once you get past Baker. You really don't got that player that you think you that you think we have. I know someone said that Baker can replace by, you know, playing putting a safety there, but you're not going to put you know Brandon Jones in the box compared to a KJ Wright or even a Baker because Baker or KJ Wright is going to be so much better in the box compared to Brandon Jones. So to me, if you get a, a KJ Wright, he's going to be that situational guy. Well, I'm not asking him to start. I mean, potentially he could just do the injuries and everything like that. But McKinney's a, a run guy, so I think in a situational, you know, third and eight, when you know they're not going to run, you swap McKinney out for for KJ Wright because KJ Wright can cover. He can do it all. He's a good all around linebacker. I'm not saying he's he's you know the best, but you know he was a key part of the Super Bowl when the Seahawks when he, he was a key part when the you know when the Seahawks were, were had a had a good defense. He's been you know average or above average the past couple seasons. So I think you know taking a shot at KJ Wright's the best bet. And making Miami's defense from teetering on the on the great the great to elite scale, he can push him over the hump 
if he if he's used correctly, if all the players are, you know, if he buys into the system too, of course, if he's, you know, like I said, on the third and eight situations where McKinney's going to be a liability in coverage or, you know, bite the play action because he's going to run for his guy to where KJ Wright's going to, you know, read his keys properly and, you know, probably drop back in coverage, cover the flat or cover the hook to curl. Um, was KJ right? And I'm I'm in the process of looking at looking it up now. Was he healthy last year? Because if he was, and it looks like he he actually, um, based on this, it looks like he definitely played in most games. Um, I remember the Seahawks defense being absolute trash. So, um, is he really? Is he the same player that? You know, he always was. He doesn't, he doesn't need um, to be, though. That's, that's that's the thing. He doesn't need to be the star. Yeah, so last opinion. year. All right, so I'm going to – I'm just going to read off his 2020 season real quick. I see it. Um, he played in – he played in and started all 16 games. He had one interception, um, 10 pass deflections, which is, you know, pretty good. It, I mean, it, that's his second highest of his career, which with 2019 being – his highest with 11, he had a forced fumble, um, two sacks, and 86 tackles. What I guess I don't I I don't know. The way I look at it is, um, and I guess I got to see where they play Phillips. Like, who's going to be? Is he going to be opposite Agba on on the line, hand in the dirt on on? I don't think pass he rush? is play on like on passing downs then who is who is opposite Agba on a pass that's, rush I, I um, don't on know a, on a passing down on a third I don't down. know that's the thing I'm, I think it had I, th- I don't know I mean and it could Phillips be Phillips. Plays the, his, Phillips is he's played but he plays the same side as is Agba or at least he did throughout college yeah I'm not worried about the side issue thing I mean you can always transition them if um um either yeah, or to you, an extent to an extent correct um, but they're they're using Phillips and OTAs as so of right now have... as a stand-up. So I'm not sure. I mean, you can put uh, Shaq Lawson's gone. Um, hmm, this is a tricky. This is a tricky so question. Gonna, this is. I'm gonna look at it. I'm gonna look at it like this. Let me uh, pull up my uh, trusty spreadsheet real quick. If I if my computer um, doesn't want to be slow, but. The way I look at it is this, and, our, and let's say our base 3-4 defense, right? We have um, Agba, Wilkins, Davis on the line um, with Baker, McKinney, Van Ginkle, and Phillips um, all starting. Um, in that specific situation, I don't want K.J. Wright um, over any of those guys. And let's say we're in a in a, a nickel defense on, on you know, a, a third down or even a second down, I I imagine it's going to look something like um, Agba, Sealer, Wilkins, and Phillips hand in the dirt with Baker, and I guess that's your variable. Who's your second linebacker? Because you know, like you said, McKinney is um, he's he's a running defense guy. I think Van Ginkle. I haven't seen enough of him in pass defense to to say he's going to do that. Roberts is just going to be run down um, support probably behind McKinney. Um, I don't really know much about Riley and and Scarlett or and Vit, and uh, Vince Beagle again. He's not really a, a a pass defense guy, so I don't know. Maybe that is I was even a role that you can bring a KJ right in. Um, they in could court. put Van Ginkle in coverage. I know they put Van Noy in coverage last season, and it got me absolutely f- frustrated because he's not athletic enough to be in coverage, Van Noy, in my opinion. I mean, you saw the one play where they threw it right at him. The ball went right through his hands. <laughs> and uh, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati, the game where he had three sacks, the ball went right through his yeah. hands, right through his hands. And you know what I mean? It's not like he had to do anything athletic. He just had to jump and catch it. But I mean, you put you put. You know, it... now that I think about it, real quick, mm-hmm. instead of having that second linebacker in the nickel, um, maybe that's where you have Eric Rowe, you know, move up, um, and and you have you know Brandon and and uh, Javon playing deep, or maybe 
we have Brandon playing up because, um, you know, you have three starting safeties in my opinion right now. Um, but there's only two safety positions. So I imagine a guy like Brandon or Eric Rowe is going to kind of be using that way. And I guess when I, when it all comes down to it, I don't really see a place where we can fit a Melvin and Ingram or a KJ Wright and give them the roles they're looking for. Um, because I just, I don't, I, 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 I need Van Ginkle to develop. Let's not stunt his growth. Right. Let's not stunt Phillips growth. Let's not stunt Baker's growth. Um, and they don't really fill the same role as like a McKinney. So, it, you know, I just, I don't, I guess I don't see where they fit unless we do have, you know, one of those early camp injuries, which, you know, we've seen before with uh, Ryan Tannehill, with Vince Beagle last year. So um, I imagine some of these guys may not even sign until, you know, that situation comes up, unless it's like a team like the Rams who has a hole and uh, Wright can fix it. But Melvin Ingram might kind of be, you know, odd man out. It's, it's hard. It's hard when you're 32 coming off a, a goose egg season. You know what I mean? And it's oh, not like he doesn't make his impact in other ways, whether it be like run defense and, and stuff like that. But a goose egg is still a goose egg um, right. <laughs> in seven games. Like that's, that's not, that's, it's not exciting. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we really have our, our eye on, you know, if there was one guy that we've brought in that I would have loved um, just because it's uh, uh, Malik Hooker, just mm -hmm. um, because again, you can't have enough, you can't have enough safeties and now you have a rookie by himself playing, playing free safety. So, and it's always good to kick the tires on, you, you know, like a young guy like that, he might be what, 26, maybe 27. We can still get so him. He, he someone has, like that. I definitely he has injury issues though. I think he's, I think he's only played. Yeah, I think he's only played one full yeah. season in his career. No, he does, which is why, which is why, no matter where he goes, even if it's back to Indy, which I don't, I don't know that that's going to happen. It's going to be a one-year deal, and it's going to be on you know the team's terms, not not really the players. So he's, he's one of those guys. Season. Like that's the kind of guy. Um, no, I know, and that's fine. But I, for one year and three million, I, I don't really care. Like that's that's not that's chump change. Right. Um, I, and he's, I'm, he's not expected to start, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he's not on the roster now. So it's not like he's a part of any kind of plan, but he's the type of guy that you could sign to that prove it deal and, and, you know, see if he has anything to prove. So. No, you're hundred percent. Yeah. Right on that. It, 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 we'll see what happens We're we're on, we're on the other side of the June 1st, you know, barrier now. Um, and as I predicted, um, contrarian to most people who I think, you know, tweet before they think. Um, I didn't expect anything to come on June 1st because um, I'm very much of the belief that Flores wants, you know, as much competition in training camp as possible. And if you don't need to cut a guy like a Jakeem Grant right now, why, why would you? Why wouldn't you bring every last body to camp that you can um, if you're already under the camp and already under the cap and make them you know battle to battle to the death so this i never expected be, us to make a june 1st cut this will probably be the most competitive training camp miami's ever had i mean we're just we're just we have so much depth that at so the only, the only like i said the only position i really don't think we have that much depth at is linebacker but that i mean like you said the safeties make up for it but i'm just talking about the true linebacker i know mckinney and, and baker are are locks essentially like those are the only two people that i know are, are going to be basically chilling during training camp because they know they're not really fighting for a spot because they know they're just making sure the team gets better. I will say, and, um, you know, I know we're kind of cutting, cutting it close with time here and I want to, you know, kind of wrap up with a fun little, um, activity, but <laughs> I saw something stupid on Twitter. I saw something stupid on Twitter today about could, Preston Williams be on the bubble because the team is <laughs> so deep in that position. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? No, it's he, he, he makes like it's less than a million dollars as a UDFA. Like, it's, yeah, like, what? What do you know? So, yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Um, that's the kind of shit like that just people tweet out just to tweet out. Like, um, yeah, I think, I think they're um, bored or they just, you know, want that clickbait stuff. 
But yeah, I I think Devonte Parker is going to be going. Same with Saman uh, Ahmed, just because you know there's so much competition, man. They might be on the bubble. Um. So I'll tell you right now. Um, that was just a joke. That, that was just a joke. That I was just a joke. Pay on it. That, that was just a joke. <laughs> that, that neither of those players will be gone. So, uh, um, there's absolutely zero. You know, I got into a little little Twitter, you know, controversy with with this, and I think I I proved myself right and everybody else wrong. But uh, <laughs> Devontae Parker is 100 worth every penny we're paying him because we're not really paying him all that much. And even PFF, um, you know, recently put out some some ranking uh, for wide receivers going into 2021. And Will Fuller was their 26th rated wide receiver, and Parker was 27. Um, Parker's Parker's like a legit high end wide receiver too for any any team. Um, he, he he's not going anywhere. We're we're not even paying him. We're not even paying. We're he's like I, for what his value is, he's like free right now to Miami. You're exactly right. So, the casuals, yeah, he's not going anywhere. the casuals, Parker is is horrible. But if you actually watch the games and you see what the attention the attention he draws, the catches he makes, how clutch he is, you realize that Parker. You can actually if Parker and Tua they've been they've been working out every, every like every week this whole summer, and you know during the off season. So if this chemistry actually lines up to be, you know, you know, especially what Parker's saying of Tua and how how well he's progressed, I think Parker actually makes that jump. You know, I know he made a jump two years ago when Fitzpatrick was the full time starter, essentially. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I had this argument, mm-hmm. and no, finish up. Go ahead. Um, I think um, Parker can be like yeah, all pro, all pro. Like not like borderline all pro. I'm not saying makes it, but I'm saying like in the conversation for top ten receiver in the game, he just has so he's just that he has that much talent. He's six three, right at four four five. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> that's what uh, DK DK didn't run. DK ran I think I think like a three seven or something like that at six three. But I mean, Parker still has the athletic ability to to do some stuff that other receivers can't at six three. Yeah, so I'll try and say this as fast as I can, but I had this argument last night about uh, uh, that bum-ass LeBron James. Um, I'm a diehard <laughs> Lakers fan, and, you know, um, I don't think I'll ever love an athlete like I ever loved uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, I, I in Basketball, you know, it was my first love. I got basketballs tattooed on my arm. Um, and I had this argument last night that, Last night's game against uh, the Suns is a perfect example of why LeBron James doesn't belong in the conversation of greatest of all all time with Michael Jordan and or Kobe Bryant. Um, I don't think MJ or or Kobe, and you know, both had their failures, but I don't think they ever allowed themselves to get down 30 in a first half and be outscored by a backup point guard and Cameron Payne. That's just, that's, that wasn't their (laughs) personality and to kind of speed things up they their whole life every every cell of their body was about winning and it's the same thing with with Tom Brady it's like it's like the intangible stuff so you know the argument I got into last night this person wanted to you know just throw out all these stupid stats about LeBron and like (laughs) points he's had in the finals and blah 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 and you know that was kind of my argument and with Parker I could care less what his usage is next season. I don't care what his stats are, um, any of that stuff, because at the end of the day, until we play our next game, as of right now, he is the most reliable wide receiver on our roster. And, you know, you do look up some of his kind of like weird stats. He's second in the NFL among active receivers in – 50-50 50-50 balls caught. He it, it, And I saw some stupid stat, too, where it's like he's so good at them, they're not even 50-50. They're 80-20 almost um, in terms of him winning that battle. So I don't care what his usage is. I just – I love knowing that, I, that they have that option on the team if needed at any point. Like, you know, if, if we get into next season and, you know, Jalen Waddell and Will Fuller and whatever – have us up 14, 15 or 14 points, 21 points, 
like yeah he's not like it, it's that it's just like i like knowing he's there especially because preston williams is thought to have been that guy um but ha- he's another one hasn't been able to stay healthy and he's had some inconsistent moments so um until until the salary cap like out of nowhere for no reason shrinks um there's i i don't think parker will 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 leave this team until his contract's up in i believe 2023 or 2024 because um this year is the year he actually gets paid the most um and after after this year it's like it's literally pocket change for parker so i wouldn't expect him to go anywhere anytime soon but um to wrap things up i thought it'd be cool um i want I want your guess. Um, I'm going to list off just a few players that are still available or, um, you know, have that stupid, you know, narrative right now about they're going to be changing teams. So I'm going to, I'm going to say a player, you tell me where he's going. Um, and we will start with Julio Jones. Where's Julio Jones Julio playing next Jones. year? Um, I think it's Tennessee. I really do. What do you think? Uh, what do you think compensation is? Um, I think Tennessee is going to get desperate because they're they're basically in win now mood. Believe it or not, like they're they they want to get a ring. Oh yeah, no, they have to. So I think a first at some point first, the miles are gonna yeah. I, uh, actually, yeah, give me a first, but they get a fourth back because the because the the contract maybe even a third back, but they they, they give up a first. They're desperate. Interesting. Um, I think I, I saw just today or yesterday, and you know, don't quote me on it. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm busy, so um, sometimes maybe I I just kind of imagine things. But I, I believe I saw something that said Atlanta's you know willing to do it for a second. Yeah, if the co- if um, they if the other team is part of the contract. That's why I said oh, the gotcha. type. That that's is? why. I, yeah, that's why I said Tennessee trades gotcha. a first, but they get a, a a third or fourth back just because the contract. Because Tennessee will eat the whole contract. Uh, I don't really know. Something like that. The Patriots have any cap space left? Um, I I I'll kind of I'll agree with you. I think it comes down to New England and um, Tennessee. I don't really see any other teams like you know pulling the trigger for a thirty-two wide receiver, thirty-two-year-old wide receiver who has kind of had some injury issues and uh yeah i like i like i like that um next one uh richard sherman i think he goes back to san fran yeah i don't really i haven't seen a huge market for him i know He's, like he said that I he know was before, waiting for after like, the draft when yeah, I don't think they filled their massive hole at cornerback, mm-hmm. and and I think it's fully expected that the Niners, you know, are, bounce right back this year now that they'll be healthy. Granted, they don't get hurt again, but well, yeah, hopefully they like, go zero sixteen. I know 0 17. he said, "Why wow, you don't like the Niners?" We have their first round picks, Sean. Um, no. Yes, we traded our first round. Pick we have our. Did we? Okay. Yeah. Um, I got you. So yeah, I guess I guess yeah, let's hope that they, <laughs> they lose. Um but yeah, no, I know there was like some weird talk about, you know, his affinity for Robert Sala, but that just doesn't make sense that that team's not in a position to have, you know, that like Richard Sherman, like they're they're in Flores mode from you know two years ago. So I don't know. I, I saw something stupid too about maybe the Seahawks going back to the Seahawks. Um, I don't know what that relationship is or help. what. I feel like it didn't end on the greatest terms, but I could be wrong. So yeah, I think he stays out in the in the NFC West. Uh, I guess let's do it. Let's uh, let's go, Aaron Rodgers. Go big or go home. Wow. Um. Hmm. It's either going to be Denver. Or I don't want to say the Raiders. I don't. I don't see him going to Vegas. I do. I Denver. I do see him going to Denver. Um, that's really the only place I can really see him going. 
I, I'm sure there's a team. I'm 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 trying to think of every team right now, and it just seems like I can see him going to the Giants or the or the football team too. Actually, depending how their quarterback situations pan out, not that he would want to go there, but I do. I I think Denver's number one, and then a team in the NFC East is even the Eagles. The, he can go to the Eagles too, just because they have the Eagles have the capital to get him. So I mean. You never know. I mean, the man, the man probably won't even play this year. I think he's going to just sit out a year and do a Le'Veon Bell. But so I don't think he's going to get traded, and I think they're going to call his bluff. I think for multiple reasons. I think one of them being they don't want to be the team that trades Aaron Rodgers. Um, the other being they're they're a perennial Super Bowl contending team. Uh, um, and that goes away real quick um, when you go from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. Um, <laughs> even though that, even though that's not the toughest division by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, yeah, I think they call his bluff. And I think he uh, does whatever his girlfriend tells him to do since I, I really think that that's a dynamic in his life right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think he's he stays with Green Bay whether he plays or not uh, remains to be seen. Um, I guess we'll do let's do one more. Uh, Zach Ertz. Um, I saw the Colts and the Bills. Those are the two teams I'm seeing the most of. Uh, Colts make sense, of course, and so do the Bills. Both teams make sense. Um. I yeah, like both he, teams make sense. I it just seems. I feel like if I had to choose, it would be the right. Colts, just because he's going back with Carson Wentz and and uh, I think it's Frank Wright. Frank Wright, I think that's his name. If I'm saying it correctly. Yes, Philly has this weird position on him where they have this, you know, line drawn at what they believe they need to be compensated for <laughs> um, in order to give up Ertz, but. I don't think they're really a in the position to do that because their team's absolutely horrible, um, and they they have another young tight end. I guess you know having two is good, but um, I don't know. I think I don't know that they're going to be willing to keep him. I I, I don't know. I, I think if he goes anywhere, it's going to be Buffalo. They said they said trade talks have been has because, been um, you know for obvious reasons have been have been like non-existent. They said they haven't really talked to anyone recently. Really? Like, like two days ago, they said that. Yeah, all it takes, I guess, is one phone call a month later, a month from now. You know what I, I mean? I don't he know won't be traded till training camp. Getting traded, you know. I'm, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. Um, yeah, so I guess those are the big names. I mean, there's, there's still other guys that could get traded. There's still, you know, a couple other, you know, name free agents out there. But yeah, those are kind of the big ones. And then. I'm going to wrap this up on a, on a, a note where you're going to get disappointed, but <laughs> for some reason, don't, don't ask, don't ask me why. Um, what, what's his name? Uh, Logan Paul videos have been showing up on my like Facebook or whatever. And I actually watched a couple and I started liking him. Oh, and, wow. uh, you wow. know, I know we, I, not Jake. I still think Jake Paul is a tool, but like, I think it's, it's because the only two videos I watched was the one where he got, you know, his best friend, whatever his name is, Mike, um, his birthday present was getting him the porn star, uh, Lena Rhodes. And they actually ended up dating and stuff. And then the other one was he bought a brand new, like 2021 Jeep for like his assistant. Who, Logan who is the more tolerable of the two. You're right about that. Logan is the more yeah, tolerable. So, so it was almost like, you know, maybe he's, maybe he's like, you know, like he's not like a complete, like he's not empty of a, a soul. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like it, it was like, I guess he does nice things, but he's still like a massive tool. I don't know. But yeah, I, I thought I would update you on that. I still hate his brother and uh, I, I'll still root against them in any fight that they ever decided you got to get into. But you got two coming up. I'd, one and one, one brother in each. Yeah, which which ones? Which one? Which one's fighting Mayweather? Jake L Logan. Jake's fight. Jake's fighting. Um, no. Jake's fighting another MMA star. Actually, 
Hold on. I get them so Tyron, confused. Tyron uh, Woodley is who Jake Paul is fighting in August. Tyron Woodley is Jake Paul. And then Floyd is against um, Logan. Okay, so yeah, I'm still... Re- yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be pulling for Floyd just because... Uh, I, I almost find it disrespectful that like these guys even get these fights. Um, <laughs> and how embarrassing would it be to be like, like arguably the greatest one, of, like one of the top five greatest pound for pound fighters of all time? And, there's actually there's actually like, a rule. You know, a, there's actually a, a rule in the Logan star. Paul fight that uh, there is no winner or loser. There's no there's no like uh, referees or judges. There's no judges. There's only a referee. No winner, no loser. What's it gonna be? It's just a, it's just a punching each other in the ring for fun. That's stupid. That that just I'm no longer gonna participate in buying that pay per view. That's the case because I wanted to see uh, Logan get literally knocked out. He can, so, he can, yeah, but if that he turns won't into lose. Like, yeah, but like at the same time, like back when Mayweather fought McGregor, like. That was such an absolutely terrible fight. Like, it was so, so, so boring. Um, and I don't want to see that again. I don't want to waste money on something like that again. I don't blame you. It's going to be But we'll see. So, yeah, I th- thought I'd do a little uh, little uh, Paul Brothers update for you. Um, maybe I'll go searching for something to, that, you know, turns turns me off him again. Uh, I don't really like the way I said that, but. <laughs> I'll go watch something that reaffirms his his douchebagness. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for uh, you know this episode of the Outsiders. I appreciate you uh, filling in for Chip and hopping on last minute. Thought it was a good talk, and uh, I know at some point in the next few weeks or or, or next month or so, I'll, I'll hop on your uh, your podcast. And yeah. uh, we'll wrap some more as we get closer and closer to training camp in the season. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate having you on.